Join us on this episode of The Grind as Greg Addison and I interview Laramie LeCue, and we'll talk about who's your one. You want to know? Stay tuned for The Grind coming up next. Welcome to The Grind, a church planting podcast by the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, full of practical tips, missional strategies, and personal stories to bring you insights and encouragement on your church planting journey. We're your hosts, Neil Scoggins and Greg Addison, coming to you live from Little Rock. Welcome to The Grind. My name is Greg Addison. I'm one of the hosts of the grind podcast and we are talking about all things church planting and i have with me our co-host neil scoggins neil how are you bro indeed good morning greg how are you or afternoon i was thinking to say you blow my mind already it's not morning (laughs) that's right (laughs) as we're recording today (laughs) good day greg (laughs) (laughs) let's start over hey welcome to the grind no i'm just kidding that's good it is good to be with you neil everything going well in your world you know everything is good man we are everybody's safe and everybody's just kind of hanging in there and uh, excited. Church is going well. How about you? You you are busy. You you have been extremely busy, we, and, and I'm excited that you're busy. Well, we are busy. I think most people are excited I'm busy. It keeps me out of trouble. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there you go. And, uh, you know, usually other things, other people ask me to do things, and those are much more important things to do than the things that I would come up with myself. Yeah. Well, left to my own <laughs> devices, I would mess them up. I'm just telling you. Uh, there you go. For well, real. we're excited about this episode of The Grind. Glad you joined us. Today, we're going to talk about evangelism. Which, Neil, yeah. uh, you know, having planted churches and all, you'd know that is the heart and core of church planting yeah. is going out to lead lost people to Jesus. That's it. And, well, I mean, think about it. That's the reason why we plant churches in the first place, because somebody, there's a group of people, uh, a large group, uh, because we talk about, and I, I know we don't know these numbers, but we talk about there are so many people. Uh, in the state of Arkansas that claim no religious affiliation. So if anybody has any any pushback with, with church planning, community groups, whatever, we still need to be about the work of the Great Commission, planting churches, connecting with people, leading them to Christ. So we are speaking of busy. It took us a while, but uh, we had a way to kind of reel somebody in all the way from. Now, Laramie, where, where are you from originally? I, I forgot. All the way from Ben. All the way from Ben. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go where you thought it was going to go. No, it didn't. <laughs> All the way from Benton. We brought in, <laughs> brought in Laramie LeCue. Laramie is on the Evangelism and Church Health team. Laramie, so glad to have you here with us on the, on the grind today. It is good to be here. Now, to be fair, I yeah. have lived in Northeast Arkansas. For okay. half my life or more. So gotcha. Most, most of my time in ministry has been in Northeast Arkansas. Gotcha. And so that's where I was kind of going because I had no idea. Well, you know what? You did tell me you were from Benton, but you spent a lot of time in Paragould. Paragould. Yeah. Yep. And Marmaduke Rector, which is even northeast of Paragould. Clay yeah. County, where I worked before I came to the convention, is the northeasternmost county in Arkansas. It touches Missouri on two sides. So Wow. Look at you. Yeah. I used to tell people Rector is not nowhere, but you can see nowhere from Rector. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Right. That's pretty good. And that's a pretty accurate description. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Now I love North Northeast Arkansas. I yeah. am yeah. I am an Arkansas Baptist uh-huh. because of Northeast Arkansas. That's right. so, yeah. Look at that. Uh, Laramie and I have known each other for a long time because of those connections and my first uh, church that I served in Arkansas was in 
Paragool. Yeah. I used to tell folks, y'all have heard of the Boot Hill, Missouri? Yeah. I said, well, if you put your finger on the Boot Hill, you put your finger on where I live. That's right. right. So great folks in northeast Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. We love northeast Arkansas. Yeah, I love northeast Arkansas. Rector really is right where Crowley's Ridge kind of meets the cotton patch, the, you know, the the cotton that's in the Mississippi Delta. Yeah. Half of Rector is on the hills of Crowley's Ridge, and half of it's where it, you know, the Delta turns flat. You know what? I guess I've been there and didn't know that I was there. Yeah. Because I've driven through there for quite some time. How far is it from Crowley's Ridge School? Is there a school mm-hmm. or yeah. something? How far is that? Yeah. It, uh, Crowley's Ridge Academy is in Paragould. Paragould. Okay. Crowley's Ridge State Park right out of that. So you're talking 20, 30 minutes away. Gotcha. Yeah. Man, I've been through there many times yeah. and I had no idea. And what's scary is I'm from Arkansas and did not travel Arkansas as much as I do now until I came to the convention. So it's been yeah. uh, it's been great. Yeah, actually. So, the highway goes from Jonesboro to Paragould. If you just stay on it, it goes right through Rector. Highway wow. 49. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah what, cool. what is now Red Wolf in Jonesboro? You see yeah. the stadium? Yep. You just head north on it, you'll go right through Rector. Yeah, been there a couple of times. Hey, we love there. our Red Wolves, too. That's right. There you my, go. My daughter, my oldest child, she's a Red Wolf. That's we right. enjoyed really? Northeast Arkansas yeah. so much. We were living in Cabin. She moved yeah. uh, or went back to school okay. at ASU. So, I mean, hey, really? Good. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Now, here's the question I have. Any unsaved people in Northwest? I know Greg and I, we're talking about several places uh, in the state. Any unsaved people in uh, northwest, northeast Arkansas? Uh, yes, there Two are. Or three. I, I was scared there for a second. You were going to ask if there were unsaved people in my church in northeast Arkansas. Oh no, no, I, no. I really, I really <laughs> wasn't sure if we wanted. But, but yes, there, I, I mean, you know, there are there are lost people everywhere. Yeah. In reality, as a pastor, what I found is that. A lot of times church people, they live in that church bubble where saved people run with saved people and yeah. lost people run with lost people. And so sometimes we lose a, uh, a real, we lose a, a touch with reality of how many lost people really are around us. Because when I was in Clay County, it's a rural county. Yeah. I mean, the, the total population of Clay County is fifteen to 16,000 people. But even in that kind of rural setting in the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. almost 60% of people in that county were completely unchurched. They were unaffiliated wow. with any religious organization. And that's in a rural setting where you would think everybody goes to church. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, they don't. Uh, you know, more than half don't. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and then when you start running those numbers, when you get into places like Little Rock and Northwest yeah. Arkansas and those kind of deals, man, those yeah. numbers really begin to they balloon. Really and that's why uh, we have such a great investment in church planting and our yes. church planters, the Grind podcast. So Laramie works on our church health and evangelism team. Yeah. And uh, one of the things he does is help train in personal evangelism and train pastors on how to train their people in personal evangelism. Yeah. And just as Neil said, man, that's what you're doing as a church planner. That's it. Is you are an evangelist and you're training your core group. The only way for a church plant to grow is for yeah, the planter people. and the plant team to go out and lead people to Jesus and bring them to church. That's it. That's it. And let me just say this here kind of as a transition, and we t- used to talk about this all the time. The best growth is conversion growth, not transfer growth. That's right. Now, now here's the deal. You're going to have transfer growth just because. I mean, that just happens, part of the deal. But but the real growth, the real reason why we're doing what we're doing is conversion growth. And you, there's a... There's a uh, and I don't know if you want to call it a campaign. I don't know if you want to call it a, it's not kind of a system on the shelf, the who's your one. Let's use the word yeah. tool. Tool. Can there you the go. Tool? Yeah. Can we, is that, is that, I'm, we're looking at Laramie. Is that, does that work? Yeah. I use the word emphasis, but tool is also good because yeah. it, it is resources. Yeah. 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 That, that I believe that 
church planters can take advantage of to go back to the roots of the core of why you're planting churches in the first place. So, Laramie, I know you train pastors and you train members on who's your. So explain a little bit about the who's your one tool that uh, church planters, pastors all across the state and even in the UK can can use uh, to uh, to reach those lost folks. Okay, the who's your one emphasis. Something I personally feel like is, um, you know, I, I'm glad we're getting back to everyday one-on-one evangelism as yeah. Southern Baptists. For a long time, we've used event evangelism, and I'm a fan of event evangelism. I mean, if you put together the number of people who are saved at church camps and VBS in a normal summer, you know, the, the number of people who are saved at those large events is probably greater than any other two lar- events that you could put together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, especially in this season, um, you know, we're kind of seeing that event evangelism is not something we can really do right now because of safety and health concerns. Yeah. And so it's almost bringing us back to the original emphasis in evangelism, which is not event evangelism but everyday evangelism just yeah. learning to be evangelistic with your neighbors as you talk to them with your co-workers with your family and so who's your one essentially helps everyone um, you know have a practical everyday approach to evangelism you pick one person in your life that doesn't know the Lord and you just begin to pray for them invest in that relationship with them and and, and so you just pick one person everyone knows someone mm-hmm. who is lost and so sometimes I think we overcomplicate it you know, uh, because we, we kind of consider when we when we see how many people are lost, we're kind of overwhelmed at that number. Like, yeah. how could we ever reach that many people? Well, we reach them one at a time. And yeah. it starts with just picking one. And that's what the Hoosier One emphasis really rallies around is picking one person. Yeah. What's well, cool. incredible to bring that into the church planting world, Neil, is um, if, if uh, our audience has listened to uh, any of the podcasts with Dave McClung we've yes. been doing. Yeah as we're tracking his training, his leadership team, yeah. and getting prepared to plant, yeah. what Laramie just said... Is what Dave was doing. ...sound exactly That's like right. Dave saying, this That's is right. how you lead a core group <laughs> That's right. That's is it. Is it not? That's it. It's incredible how yeah. well a tool like this is, because it's fundamental, just what Laramie was saying, yeah. it's fundamental, it's elemental to to personal evangelism, how evangelism works, yeah. that it just fits incredibly uh, as a tool to put in the hands of church planters and plant teams. And it's a necessary tool because a lot of times, you know, we, we talk about, you know, as men left to our own devices, we may jack something up. But as a planter, you're thinking about so many things all at once and you'll forget about there was a superintendent that told me, he said, man, make the main thing the main thing. And this is really kind of going back to the main thing. Now, I'm going to ask this in a way that Greg would normally ask it. So give me the nuts and bolts. Am I doing good, Greg? You are awesome. <laughs> give me the nuts and bolts on how you, I mean, so how do I do this? I mean, it's it's good to know that I'm supposed to. It's good to know that it's successful and it's good to know that anybody can do it. How in the world can I do it? How do I engage this tool that I have okay. called Who's Your One? So, uh, so I'll break that down in two phases. One, individually. How does an individual person do this? Yeah. You know, most people, they jump to the end result and they say, man, sharing the gospel with somebody's intimidating. I'm not sure if I can, you know, remember 10 Bible verses or I'm not sure if I can remember, you know, six steps and five questions here and five yeah. questions there. But yeah. You know, essentially, it makes it so practical and easy because the first step, I mean, who's your one has four steps. And the first step is identify one person who's lost. So if you can look in your life and your circle of people and you can find one person who's lost, you're already one step there. 
you know. Yeah. And so then after that one step of identifying, the next is to intercede. And you just begin to pray for that person by name. I believe specific prayers get specific answers. And mm, and so as we pray specifically for that one person, I am more likely to reach out and engage a person with the gospel that I'm praying for by name every day than if I'm just vaguely praying, Lord, uh, you know, help us see people saved. Yeah. But if I'm praying for my neighbor by name every day, if I'm if I'm calling out to God saying, God, please save this person and use me to do that, I'm much more likely if I'm praying for him every day and investing in his, uh, you know, coming to the Lord that way to, to reach out and then say something. And so after I identify somebody, then I intercede for them. Well, then I begin to invest in that relationship. If I'm praying for them every day and I'm praying for opportunities, well, then I'm going to take the opportunity to invite that person maybe over to my house for dinner yeah. or, you know, maybe offer to help them with something they've got going on. You just invest in that relationship so you kind of nurture you know, that the relationship with that person. So there you build trust, you build a familiarity so that then you're able to, to, to do the last step, which is to invite, you invite them to Christ, you invite them to church, you know? And so it, it's four easy steps. And yeah. so individually, that's how you do it. You identify a lost person, you intercede for that lost person, you invest in the relationship with that lost person, then you invite them to Christ, invite them to church. So if I'm a church leader, then if I that, that's how you do it individually. But then corporately, as a church leader, you know you just essentially take those four steps and you invite everyone to do it at the same time. Yeah. And so you invite everyone to identify a person. It's very easy, and there's different creative ways that you can do that. I've seen, you know, when you go from the identify to the invite, I've seen pastors who will, you know, uh, give give slips of paper essentially to their church and say, hey, I want you to identify this week a person who has lost that you know that that. You you can that you want to see come to Christ yeah. and then next week bring this paper back with their name on it and so then you help them start the intercession process at the time of decision or whatever they may have a time where you know you know they they essentially pray specifically for that person you know we're kind of staying away from altar calls right now because we don't want people you know we want to stick to social distancing yeah but you yeah. know if, if you know you, you can kneel at the chair you can kneel at the altar but essentially it helps them start that intercession process that second Sunday where they bring their name back you just basically teach them practically how to pray for that person by name. And then as they identify that person and start that intercession process, there's helps. There's like a prayer guide, a 30-day prayer guide. There's uh, a 40-day prayer guide and a 30-day journal that you can send okay. home with these folks to, to do devotionals. And and so the, the process just kind of unfolds along the way. And so you just take them a step at a time through the process to show them it's really not that complicated. You just yeah. identify a person and you begin to pray for that person. Then at some point, you're going to have an opportunity to reach out to them and befriend them, to just nurture that relationship. And then as things progress, you invite them to Christ, you invite them to church. And, and so it's not something that you do in an hour. It's something right. that you do over right. the course of time. And so as a leader, you know, individually, those are the four steps. But as a leader, I just want to walk them through the process one step at a time so that I don't overwhelm them. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I really love about this plan for church planters. Mm -hmm. So anytime as a pastor, a planter, a leader, uh, you are trying to cast vision, you're trying to galvanize your people in a, in a direction around a, an emphasis or whatever, um, it, a tool that um, helps you do that yeah. is incredibly mm. uh, valuable. And when you talk about what 
you know, the essence of what a church planter is training his plant team to do, man, man this is right yeah. on yeah. point with that. Yeah. I mean, this is the bullseye of the target right here. Yeah. But uh, what I love about it is it is a great equipping tool for the planter. You yeah. can lead this. You can teach your people this. They can get this. Mm. This is successful, if that's a good word. I mean, yeah. There's a victory in this. Yes. You, you, there are easy ways to do it. You can get your arms around it, and you can get your people moving in that direction. Uh, you know, when you think about as a leader, uh, one of the things you think about is if I'm going to use this tool or how am I going to get my people moving, is how do I teach Yeah. This? How do I teach yeah. this? What do I start with all of this? To yeah. them. Yeah. How, yeah. how do they, do I know they're going to get it? Is this an effective model? So you talked a little bit about that, mm-hmm. how well it teaches. That, that's been your experience yeah. as we've seen pastors around the state. Yeah. This teaches well, doesn't it? It Larry? does, yeah. You know, I think Ephesians 4.11, to equip the saints mm-hmm. early on mm-hmm. as a pastor, I kind of thought of that strictly in the realm of educating like telling yeah. them what to do. But I, I've come to realize that equipping people is more than just educating. It starts with educating them, but equipping them takes extra steps to really empower them to do it. That's like true. It, it's one thing to say, hey, we need to be praying for lost people. It's a completely different thing to put a piece of paper in someone's hand and say, Let's I want it. you to identify one lost person and write their name on this piece of paper. Yeah. Now I want you to take this 40-day prayer guide and I want you to begin to pray for this person every day. You know, Now you're putting tools and resources in their hand. You're not just telling them what they're supposed to do, but you're helping them do it. I uh, like the word Greg used, success. You're yeah. putting them in a position to be successful, and that success in small steps will gain momentum. Yeah. Like the reason they're not confident for the last step is because we haven't helped them really take the first couple steps. That's real And good. if we can help them uh, get started in the process, then eventually, you know, they'll they'll make their way through that process to those later steps. You know, sometimes we, we would always get pushback where people go, well, you know what, I can do this, but I can't do that. I, I know I'm supposed to, you know, connect with people and evangelize or whatever, but I don't know enough. Mm. You, all you have to know is people. That's right. You know, if you, you all you have to know is people and how to write their name mm. and read a, a little bit. That's right. And that's it. Yeah. And, you know, 95% of the folks, depending on where you're planting the church, know how to do all of those things. Mm. And if you don't, you can draw pictures. That's right. So there is no uh, pushback. You know, I have to be at a certain place theologically or I have to feel like I'm gifted right. to be able to do that. Uh, and then it, it from a church planter standpoint, when you first start, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. It is tough mm-hmm. with your time. Yeah. It is rough. This is something, and I don't know, maybe you can answer this. Is this something that once the planter gets it, is this easy for them to teach and roll through how you said it is real good. But you know, a lot of times we hear stuff and then we actually put it into play. Is this as simple really as what you're you're saying? You know, I I think it is simple, um, you know, but, but I think it's key for pastors and leaders, not only to teach it, but model it. Ah, Okay. So like if, if you're, if you're telling somebody, Hey, identify one lost person. Well, as you're talking to them about identifying their lost person, tell them who yours is. Yeah. You know, yeah. like maybe when you're modeling that intercessory prayer, as you're leading that time of prayer, use your person's name as you're offering that prayer. Yeah. So they, they kind of see it modeled. So then you're not just saying, do what I say, but you're saying, hey, come and do come what I'm doing. Let, let's yeah. do it together. Let's walk through the process. And so, yeah, it is it is really that simple. And I think that, uh, you know, evangelism is one of those things that's caught more than taught, you know, that if people, mm. you know, because discipleship according to Jesus was follow me. And so it was an everyday following, watching, listening, and and it's watching what he does and, and hearing what he says. And then 
then there came a point where Jesus said, now you go do what I did, say what I said. And so, you know, I think we can still disciple people in evangelism by modeling it for them. I, I think that's a great, uh, at several levels, there are great illustrations in there. And, and everybody, you know, everybody knows in a sense, if you're a church planner, uh, you can cast vision to some degree mm-hmm. because you cast a vision for your church plant and yeah. your support team came and joined you. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, but that's more, we, we think of that in terms of I'm going to have this event where I cast this right. vision, that kind of, but um, you know, the old, the leadership thing has been around, you know, vision leaks. Well, it really does. Yeah. The, the, what is success, what, what creates that victory, what creates movement is that you keep that in front of them, you keep it alive, you yeah. keep the fire lit, and that's where simplicity becomes such a great tool for a pastor or planter yes. because it's easy to repeat. That's right. It's yeah. easy to keep alive. That's Work right. the prayer in. Use yeah. an illustration. Hey, I got a chance mm-hmm. to uh, uh, meet with my one mm-hmm. this week yeah. and God opened the door for us to have lunch for the first yeah. time and did an answered prayer, you know, yeah. and there's so many different ways you can do that. I, I know last two years uh, at Easter as an interim pastor, I took from that who's your one deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had everybody pray over three names leading up to Easter. And yeah. then we just did a deal where I brought somebody from different age of the congregation, different demographic in the congregation to come up and we all held up our card of our three names, yeah, and we corporately prayed over wow. our names. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an easy way yeah. to come up with a million creative ways to keep that fire lit, right. yeah. which yeah. keeps the focus on evangelism. Yeah. It keeps everybody moving in that direction. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, and you said it, that focus has to be there. Here's something, and Dave talks about the DNA mm-hmm. of a church. And if that is not part of the DNA when you start and momentum swings and something else is, it is very, di- I'm, I'm just telling you from experience, it is very difficult. Mm-hmm. If you have not made the main thing the main thing yeah. Yeah. and something else is the main thing, it will, I mean, it will, it, it will hurt you. It will hurt you greatly. Well, here's another beauty of it. Language creates culture. You know, we talk yeah. about that in the leadership sort yeah. of principles. Language creates culture. Yeah. Well, who's your one? That works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easy to challenge your people. Who's your one? Who's yeah. your one? Is my one. I prayed for my one. Yeah. Laramie's illustration about the pastor praying for his one. Yeah. Everybody knows what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you're easily able to build that DNA because the language of that mm-hmm. works incredibly well. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's uh, so clear. It's really good. Uh, so that helps that vision uh, alive. And, and, and uh, another thing it does, I think, is you, you get wins. You get victories yeah. along the way. Pe- yes. People grow. You build DNA. You build momentum. You build culture. When you cast a vision for something, and then you can celebrate the accomplishment mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah. uh, man, nothing will light. They can they can hear me preach a thousand times on sermons. They can hear all of us preach, you know, a whole bunch yeah. of times on sermons. Now, if they heard Neil preach on prayer, it would they would get it. But if no, they're, they, I, yeah, they'd be I, praying they're not going to listen to my sermon on prayer. <laughs> they'd be praying for me. Neil's sermon, they get it. But the rest of us mortal human beings, <laughs> oh, whatever, <laughs> um, the preach like we do, uh, you know, it, nothing will light someone's fire and turn on their life as an intercessor prayer warrior than God answering a prayer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. here you got, I mean, we've identified this person. We started praying over them and God opens a the door Yeah. and they're like, pastor, Dude. what happened? Pastor, what? 
God opens another. Pastor, look what happened. Pastor, yeah. look what happened. It, it, it's incredible it the examples of celebrative moments that's building that fire. It's mm-hmm. reinforcing the things you're teaching. So yeah, it's really yeah. Because yeah, as important it is for you as a pastor to model it. Uh, they also need to know that you as a pastor are not the only one who can do this. Right. So yes. when, people in the church, yes. when, when the people in the church are doing it, celebrate That's that, good. You know? That's and good. So like, uh, you know, one of the churches that did it is First Baptist Walnut Ridge. They had a couple stories that came out of First Baptist Walnut Ridge about specific prayers being answered. So there was one uh, uh, elderly lady in the congregation. She had selected her grandson as her one, and she began to pray for him. Well, she didn't lead him to the Lord, but someone else led him to the Lord while she wow. was praying for him, you know. And so, you know, that's celebrated. Hey, you this, got two wins. That's the prayer right. warrior one got right. an answer prayer, and the person led him. Yeah. You know, th- this yeah, specific awesome. prayer was answered. There's another gentleman in their town. You know, it, it, every small town, every, everybody knows everybody, and yeah. he was that guy that that people have been praying for for 30, 40 years. You know, he just didn't want anything to do with God, didn't want anything to do with church. And so uh, uh, there was a gentleman in the church that selected him as his one. And so he would go by and see him every week in the nursing home. Every week he would go by and see him, and, and he just began to invest in that relationship. Well, the, the man in the nursing home, his health, uh, took a turn for the worse, and so they, he wound up in the hospital. Mm. And so while he's in the hospital in Jonesboro, his wife tried to share the gospel with him one more time, and, and he actually turned his back to her, turned away from her, and said he didn't want to hear it. Wow. A couple moments passed, and he winds up turning over to her, and he says, what do I need to do? And so she wound wow. up leading her husband to the Lord after 30, 40 years of people praying for him, and he wound up uh, passing away uh, yeah. shortly after that. But that was another success story that people yeah. in this church have prayed for this man specifically, and here he comes to Christ. And so, yeah, those specific prayers that get answered celebrate those things. That is awesome. Yeah, that is such a great example. I mean, you get so many ways it's easy to bring your people in. you got to uh, – you're bringing – one of your small groups together, you teach them to pray with each other over their ones, or your yeah. core group is praying over that. And so when something happens, everybody celebrates it. They prayed it together. Yeah. You know? right. yeah. There are so many ways that you're right. celebrating and you're seeing God move. And then again, it's built on those fundamental things mm-hmm. that Christians do. Yeah. Right. We see the world that Jesus sees. Yes. The Son of Man has come to seek and save who's lost. Yeah. And we got to see the lost world around us. And we pray over it. I mean, it doesn't matter how well, we're laughing about preaching, but it doesn't matter how well you pray, if you hadn't covered it in prayer and you mm-hmm. realize anything good happens in the church, it happens because Jesus did it. That's and right. And so we got to talk right. to him about it, ask That's him right. to do it, pray for it. It's built on those fundamentals. Right. Yeah. So before you ever get to that, and then relationship, the investing part, mm-hmm. and, and people can celebrate that. Hey, I had an opportunity to go help this guy That's paint right. his garage or whatever you're celebrating these things that are the fundamentals of building those relationships that lead to gospel yeah that's 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 real now we talked earlier before we started recording we talked earlier about the ping pong balls yeah and i everybody needs to know about the ping pong balls and who's your one that is the the greatest i mean set up the ping pong balls laramie for the so so i'll I'll set it up and then i'll let greg talk specifically about that situation because he was actually the one that came across it first but you know, essentially, as a part of doing this emphasis in your church, you need to find a way to track it because part yeah. of celebrating it is letting people see the progress. That's good. You know, and, and so, you know, now, now you're not just talking about it, but you're actually giving them a visual so that every time they walk in the church doors, they're seeing, hey, this many people had uh, have, have chosen a one. This many people had gospel conversations. This number of people have been saved. And so, yeah. you know, Greg came across one uh, uh, really great in particular. It was uh, First Baptist Church in 
Lone Oak Reed Terry's the pastor there, and and they were using the ping pong ball. So I'll let Greg kind of uh, talk about what he what he saw. Yeah, it was awesome. You talk about sometimes you wonder as a pastor, do you people ever get it? Like, oh, they are, you <laughs> yeah, know, or yeah. you, you that's know, that's the big question. And, and we're yeah. talking about how powerful this is a tool for people to get it, you know. So uh, I'm I'm uh, Reed was great pastor, just very gracious, let me do pulpit supply that Sunday. So I come walking in the foyer, and they look, of course they look at me like. You know, who are you? Why are you here? You know, who's this sketchy looking dude walking in? Oh, are you from the convention? Yeah, I am. That's why I'm sketchy looking. I'm from the convention. Right? And they like, you know, yeah, okay, we're glad you're here. And I mean, it was, I wasn't, after we broke the ice, I wasn't there three minutes and they were so excited. The greeters at the church drug me. Have you seen our ping pong balls? Have you seen our, who's the one emphasis ping pong balls? I mean, they couldn't wait to tell me about it. They yeah. wanted me to, they were so excited. <laughs> That's good and it's the picture of a people that got it. That's yeah. it. Right? Yeah. And so he walked me over and they've got this clear plastic tube. It's probably, I don't know, 10 inches in diameter. It's probably two or three feet tall. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't huge. Mm-hmm. It was just sitting on a table with some other stuff over there right there. But everybody knew what it was. And there's a a uh, little uh, basket of white ping pong balls, mm-hmm. basket of orange ping pong balls, and they got some markers there, you know, some sharpies, and uh, and so what's happened is when they get an opportunity to pray for someone, they put someone's name on to pray for, they get that white ping pong ball, and they, <laughs> you know, and they put it in the, they break their name on, they put it in the tube, yeah, and then the orange one, you get gospels conversation, somebody gets saved, yeah. they write their name on there and put it in the oh, tube, man. and so you got these orange and white ping pong balls, and the orange ones are mixed in there, and the colors are standing out, yeah. and so I can't imagine as excited they as they were to show me that when the first Orange ping pong ball went in there. Oh, I bet man. people lost their minds. They were so excited. Imagine. That's right. Dude, that is cool. It makes me want to go get some ping pong balls. That's oh, right. I'm, I'm just telling, telling you. you. And and just for a pastor, I talked to Reed about it later. Uh-huh. He's talked to Laramie. He's talked yeah. to all of us. You know, I mean, just it's so awesome to see a pastor who's excited about his people. That's right. Got it. They own it. Right. They're doing it. Yeah. And you, I mean, that's it was incredible. It was great. The cool it's thing great. about Who's Your One, man, is just just doing it. It's simple. It's easy for it. It's easy for a planner to do it. It's easy for uh, the membership to get involved in. It doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it can take control outside of your four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. And given the 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 kind of the climate that we're in right now. This is one of these times. Who's your one works regardless of yeah, what's going absolutely. on. If you have access to connect with somebody, you can stick. You can. You can. What's the first one? Identify? identify. You can identify. And the cool part is, before you even have a conversation, mm-hmm. some of those first couple of steps have nothing to do with even touching anybody. That's right. All it has to do with just kind of getting yourself ready. Okay, That's based right. on the people that I know, I've identified them. That's right. The second one is identifying. Then what is it? Intercede. Then uh-huh. I still haven't touched anybody, right. but I'm touching God. You're going to have multiple conversations with God about this person before you get to the step where you actually, you know, have a gospel-centered conversation with this person, you know. And so, yeah, God, God's kind of priming the pump in your heart, you know, out of love for them and concern for their soul and just, you know, th- thinking about what salvation means to you, you know. Man. I think it was D.L. Moody that said uh, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread. Oh, you man, know? yeah. And, and, and yeah. you know, like it's been said before, if you know enough of the gospel to be saved, you know enough of the gospel to tell somebody else how to be saved. And so, but, but sometimes, you know, at the beginning, we're kind of just overwhelmed by it. But yeah. as God begins to prime the pump in our heart through prayer, at intercessions, we're praying for that person, then that just kind of will come to the point to where it's just going to overflow yeah. when we finally make contact with that person. You know, this is kind of a side note real quick, but, I, you know, I went to India and um, uh, went to Mumbai and then we went out 
to deal with the Gujarati people in the, in a village. And it was amazing. The IMB missionary told us that within the first 36 hours of somebody accepting Christ, they are more likely to bring in more people than somebody that, you know, as the time goes on. And, you know, he said, told us this stat, and I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Dude, we came back because some of the same houses in the villages we came back and, you know, we might have seven or eight that first time we came back and that seven or eight would turn into 16 or 18. That's wow. 16 or 18. To, I mean, lit, it, those, I mean, for real, no exaggeration. People would stand outside waiting for us to come back to those villages and share. And it was so cool to actually see that. But the coolest part is to not only see it in a land where you don't live, but the coolest part is to see people that speak the same language that you mm-hmm. speak, deal with some of the same things that you do. That's why we, why we plant churches in the first place. That's Identify, right. intercede, and then we go have a conversation with invest. them. We start That's to right. invest. We don't have to go deep theological or whatever. We just say, hey, how you doing? Do you That's like, right. you want a cheeseburger? That's right. You know, you want a deal pickle, whatever. That's right. And then the last part is you invite, invite them either to, to Christ or the church. That's right. That's, I mean, if it's simple enough for me to remember. <laughs> yeah. It's simple enough. I mean, for real, it's simple enough for anybody to remember that. Laramie, last thing, you can teach planters and pastors how to do this. That's right. And that's what you, so uh, we'll be able to put your information in the, uh, in the podcast notes uh, so they can contact you directly here at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. And you're more than willing to do. Uh, Now, if it's not in Northeast Arkansas, will you still go? Absolutely. There you go. He'll go. (laughs) I, I, uh, uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to come alongside any pastor, any church planter and just help them find the resources they need, get the traction that they need to get this going in their church. I'll come on site. I'll come on location even do the training with their core team if they'd like for me to. Yeah. You know, I've done that uh, at Searcy and, and, and different places. Uh, I went over to uh, West Helena and saw Brother Jarvis's church yeah. over there and yeah. did some evangelism training with them. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I'd uh, any anywhere, anytime, if they'd like to have me, I'd, I'd be honored to be there. That's Man, good. Thank yeah. you for your heart, Laramie, and heart That's for awesome. souls and, and for our church planners. It's Indeed. Great. It's great because they're out there on the front line. Man, they are there because they want to see People meet Jesus and That's have it. their eternity changed yeah. uh, by his shed blood and his resurrection. And Amen. so it is awesome. Thank you for investing in them and being available. And, man, we love our planners, and we're oh, excited indeed. about what God's using them to do and their yeah. heart for lost folks. So, yeah. Neil, this was good right here. This was it? real good. This was rich. Laramie, thank you so much for Thanks spending for the time. Me. Yeah, heard your helicopter on top of the building, so I know <laughs> it must be time to go. <laughs> Listen, if you want more information, uh, make sure you check out our, uh, uh, our notes with from the podcast. Also, you can email us at thegrind at absc.org. Tune in next time for The Grind. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Grind. We hope you learned something new and found some encouragement along the way. To learn more about church planting in Arkansas and to find more resources, visit absc.org and click the church planting tab. Be sure to rate and review us if you like what you heard. Until next time, keep grinding.